Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Dennis Kozlov. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. Well, we continue the series that we call uh, Radical Growth. And those of you who don't know me, I'm Dennis. You can detect a little and sometimes not very little accent. I come originally from Russia. Sometimes we call me Russian concussion preacher. Uh, and I have this Russian gift. Even the most, the nicest, the pleasant thing, I turn into heavy stuff. I don't know how it happens. It's just Russian culture. I keep saying it everywhere I speak. Inside, I'm fluffy and loving and caring. You know me, you know. Well, anyway, a Japanese man in a monastery atop a sacred mountain asked the wise man, Master Ayumu, why do all Westerners think that Japanese people look alike? The guy turns to him and says, I'm not Master Ayumu. <laughs> I know it was stupid, <laughs> I know, but I had to try it on you, okay? <laughs> I had to. <laughs> it's probably the most politically incorrect joke, but it's a joke about confused identity. And we'll be talking about a little bit today about confused identity briefly. You'll understand why I brought it up. Okay, so a little overview. We started this series, and first thing we look at, uh, we looked at the very basic thing, which is faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. That's it. So you, if you don't engage what the Bible calls faith, you can expect nothing, basically. That's a promise of the Bible, actually, kind of in the, with a negative sign minus in front of it. But the thing is, we overcomplicate the concept of faith. Faith is easy. Faith is actually begins by just receiving the facts revealed by God in His Word. That's the very beginning stage. Then we looked at, uh, we look at the factor of time. I mean, we live in a culture of a microwave uh, self-gratification, you know, results, right? So it's kind of hard to grasp the concept that God actually takes your lifetime to produce what He's trying to produce in your life. And it might sound discouraging, but it's great actually. Guys, it's, how, how many of you know that uh, going in the right direction one day is better than going in the wrong direction for 20 years? Alright, so the sooner you start, the better it is. Yeah, so... Uh, what else we, we, did we look at? We, we looked at this security of our acceptance by God and Christ Jesus. Oh my goodness, I did this message. It was awesome message. Not because I did it, because it was awesome message. If you haven't listened to that, please go to our website. Find this radical growth series and listen to acceptance. Acceptance, radical acceptance. I don't remember how they entitled it uh, on the website. But I still, and until today, I received feedback from different uh, states that, that people are being set free by listening to them. They say, Dennis, please make sure everybody listens to this message. It's like one of the signature messages of our church. You are totally accepted by God in Christ Jesus. You're not trying to get accepted. You're not trying to be embraced by God. You have the fullness of God's fatherly embrace for you in Christ Jesus, all right? Okay, I, I, I don't want to start this message again, but I, I'm tempted. Uh, we asked the scripture, what is the overarching purpose for this whole process that we call growth? Why? What is, it, what is it that God is trying to do in our life? And the answer was to confirm us to the image of His Son. 
basically, basically I'm, I'm telling you guys, God has very high hopes for you. <laughs> and you're not going to disappoint him. Because it's not up to you to pull it off. He's doing it. He's doing that. Never, never forget. It's not something that we're trying to produce by popping hernia and like uh, popping our blood vessels by prayer. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just agreeing with God. Letting God produce it in you. All right? So if, if we are in this process, gradually we begin to live in such oneness that He begins to exhibit Himself through you in your daily walk. Other people begin to see glimpses of another reality through you without you even sometimes being aware of that. Do you know that? Sometimes people can say, hey, there's something about you. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about you. Like, I don't even know. I'm just attracted to you. <laughs> it's the presence of God. Amen. All right? So this uh, brings us... Oh, no. And also, last, last time Neil preached that... God uses our significant needs to draw us to Himself. And He uses our failures as the main tool to usher us into the life of fullness in Him. So failure is not that bad actually. In this big process, if you zoom out and look at your life, every time you had a major failure, when you live with God, when you deal with this failure with God, when you process this failure with God, you're actually enabled by God to receive an abundance of grace. Because your fa failure puts an end to your self-reliant life. And that qualifies you to receive a lot of grace for yourself and for others. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. All right. See, I reminded you the whole series by now. So that brings us to today's message. Today's message is you are complete in Him. And I did make it up. It actually quote from the scripture. You are complete in Him. So the main scripture that we're going to look at, it's uh, the book of Colossians. Chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. Let's, let's read it. And I'll read the previous verse to give us a little context. So Paul writes to the book of uh, to Colossians in his epistle. He writes, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementally principles of the world, which is normal for this world, rather than according to Christ. So you see the contrast. And listen, here's our verse. For in Him, in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in Him, you have been made complete. In Him, you have been made, made complete. Every single word is important in this line. And I'll get, uh, it might sound a little theological in the beginning, but don't, don't you dismiss that because it's not just like weird biblical language that you kind of need to scheme over and forget about because it doesn't relate to you. It's actually very important. It's crucial that you grasp it and you begin to see your life in the light of this biblical revelation. I'm talking about these phrases that Paul use, uses. He uses this phrase, in Christ, and he opposes it to the phrase, in Adam. In Christ and in Adam. And it just, it might sound like irrelevant to you, but it's very important for you to understand. 
So for us to fully understand the New Testament and how it relates to you, we need to see this fundamental principle of the source. The source determines what the outcome will be. I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? We can call it according after its likeness. Genesis 5.3 says, when Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son and his he had a son in his own likeness and in his own image. So Adam produced after his own kind. You see, life that God created is passed on to the next generation. And it just reproduces everything that is already in it. Does it make sense? Just imagine if you would find them time machine today let's say you get in the time machine and you go into the 15th century and you go to Ireland and then you go to a pub I don't know whether they had pubs in 15th centuries probably they did and you get into the pub and there is this man and he looks like Notre Dame, Notre Dame guy you know and you start talking to him and then you begin to detect like oh it feels like I know this guy like he has these eyes that are like he looks like Derek. Because it's Derek's grand, 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 grandfather. Because Derek came from Ireland. You see, like, you would actually see the same traits. Like, that's weird. That's strange. But if you go, like, in the 15th century Ireland, you would meet someone who would look like Derek. Because Derek actually looks like that someone from the 15th century Ireland. I mean, I'm kind of talking about obvious things, but what I'm trying to tell you is like, you're not your own self, self-made person. You didn't create your own existence. You didn't create your own life. You inherited it, right? And you pass it on. So in a sense, you're part of something that is bigger than you, just, just you, individual you. There's something bigger that's going on. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> oh man I feel alive today <laughs> yeah so a source and origin of any living uh, any living thing determines the outcome what this living creature will be and what kind of nature it will have to manifest in a sense every person is unique yes you're unique nobody argues that you're unique you have unique fingerprints you have unique they say like how do you call this thing in your eye in English English is not my native language what is it yeah whatever they scan in movies about James Bond like yeah yeah so it, this thing is unique that's why they use this to you know for security reasons so you are unique don't worry nobody claims that you're not unique you're mass production just like random Chinese made stuff no I'm totally politically incorrect today you're unique, you're wonderful, you, you have this uh, propensities, tendencies, likes and dislikes. You're unique and God loves you. But this whole line of Adam, if you read the Bible, you'll learn soon that it's, it's condemned. It's condemned. Oh God, it's, it's getting serious here. <laughs> so every one of you was originally born in Adam and inherited the nature. So here's what, what's... Uh, what I'm trying to tell you. Paul compares and contrasts being in Adam to being in Christ. So to understand what it means to be in Christ and to be complete in Christ, we need to see what it means to be in Adam. First, we need to understand, I already said that, oh, you are complete in Adam to be perfect version of, of 
Adam's life, Adam's nature, and be perfect representative, be perfect posterity of Adam. Does it make sense? Just like Derek and his grandfather in Ireland. So that's you. You're perfect, Adam. When Adam was created by God, when his life began to propagate through this time and space, one of those links in this multiple chains is you. And you inherited the full, complete set of traits, markers, qualities, characteristics to become the perfect expression of that life. You got that, right? Unfortunately for you and me, right before this life began to roll through space and time, it got spoiled. It got corrupted. The sin has entered into this life and integrated itself in such a way that you can no longer separate them. So on one hand, you still carry the beautiful qualities that God created according to His likeness and His image. On the other hand, there's an ugly thing. You were created to be partaker of God's life and nature. And now you partake and carry the nature of God's enemy. Anyone who is born in Adam carries this package. And it's a, again, unfortunately you get the whole enchilada. You cannot separate, you cannot uh, sort them out, you cannot suppress it. It's like, I always lived in a big city uh, and never lived in a private house. Now I live in a private house. We have more space. It's wonderful. To live in a rural area in Midwest America is, is a blessing. That's for young people, I'm telling that, probably. It's a great blessing, people. You don't, you don't realize. Some of you don't realize that. Well, anyway, I even started thinking about maybe, maybe, just maybe one day I'll get a dog. I like dogs for some reason. I don't know. My wife. Look at my wife. She goes, yeah. Because... The, the dogs are cute. When they're puppies, they're so cute. And also, they, they just love you unconditionally. They just like, <laughs> you know, like, they like, no, zero, shred of condemnation. I mean, like, they don't play manipulation games. They're not like cats, like, uh, whatever. No, they're like, ah, I love you. I want to see you. That's why we love dogs. But... Their nature, when they, they're the cute poppies, but, but when they grow, their nature begins to take over and there are some unpleasant things that begin to pop up. You come back from work and you're, yes, <laughs> your furniture is destroyed and there's poop everywhere and this and that. Of course, it can be trained. It's a very poor example. It's a poor example, I know, because they at least can be trained, right? We cannot be trained. Adam's nature cannot be trained. I mean, that's, that's all of the history of human uh, religion, philosophy, morality. They try to curb this bad side of our nature. But it's not possible, people. It's not possible. I, I will give you another example, maybe kind of a imaginary. Just imagine there is a virus. Just imagine there is a virus that is so bad that it actually highly, uh, what's the word, highly contagious, yes. And when somebody contracts that, it produces a cancerous tumor all over their body. And every time two people who are infected interact, it produces a new strain. Every single time, every two people carries, there is a new strain. So it's impossible to come up with a vaccine. Can you just imagine that? That would be horrible. I mean, you would love to go back to COVID-19. 
if that would be the case. But let me tell you, spiritually, that's exactly what happened. Sin has entered into human nature, into Adam's life, into very nature. And every single child that was born of Adam inherited that. And every single child of Adam, when they begin to interact, this nature begin to manifest and begin to produce these new strains of infection that keep spreading and becoming more devastating, more deadly, more poisonous. The whole cu cultures, the whole civilization began to be formed based on this disease. That's what happened to us. That's how serious sin is. And that's what Paul calls old creation or being in Adam. That's why God had to scratch this thing over. He loves you and He wants to save you. He wanted to save you from this horrible, horrible pandemic. And He did in Christ Jesus. On the cross of Christ, He terminated this whole race of people with a sinful nature and he produced a new creation and that is called in Christ Amen. he terminated this whole thing and just like you were complete in Adam to be complete perfect sinner actually you know what Hitler is horrible right we know the history but all he did he just let this nature flow if you read the book of Romans chapter 1 in the beginning of in, in the middle of this chapter to the very end of this chapter it actually describes how this nature begins to manifest of human beings and begins to progress if you want to study that come back home today read chapter 1 of Romans carefully study it you will see how it begins people get darkened in their mind the heart become numb they 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 basically what sin does a person becomes alienated from God from the very source of life they're separated they become their own man their own woman they become their own autonomous life as they think and they try to establish their value and their significance and they destroy everything around trying to do that and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gradual progression that takes over a person's life and then it says God just let them go with their thoughts and with their passions and they actually sink into the debased mind and then horrible things begin to happen so Hitler is not is not something like out of ordinary it's actually every one of you could have been potential Hitler do you know that every single person born of Adam if this infection would be would be given free ride that would what what would happen and I believe in the future there'll be people that would be even worse than Hitler but you are not like that You've been snatched away from this Adamic uh, race, from this line that was terminated on the cross. And you've been placed in Christ Jesus. The new race of people has come into this world when Jesus Christ came. Never before has everyone came who was not just a prophet of God, who was not just a man of God, who was not just carrying the anointing of God to, to, to do the miracles of God. No, actually, it was a unique life that never existed before. It was perfect God full complete God and man in such unity that you cannot distinguish so people who could recognize they couldn't believe it they would be in the presence of someone who would look just like them have the same body sweating smelling sometimes not very nicely but somehow I'm telling you the truth Jesus burped Jesus pooped he was a human being oh my goodness 
definition. Uh, no, it's true. If you don't believe it, you think like Jesus is some kind of a cloud. No. Touch my bones, touch my skin, touch my flesh. But they touched the very word that created the universe. And those, those disciples that recognized this reality, they were so captivated by that. All they wanted is they just wanted to hang to him. When everybody was excited about him, they hanged to him. When everybody lost their faith in him and left him, they hanged to him. And Jesus said, do you want to live like these guys? They said, no, you have the words of life. Every time we are in your presence, we feel we're in the presence of God himself. And it was true. And they said, we just want it to never end. We just want to build our tents here. We just want to camp here forever. And Jesus said, that's nice, but that's not my plan. It's actually better if I go and you don't have this anymore because I would go through a process of death and resurrection and I would release this life as a life-giving spirit that would enter into every son and daughter of Adam and give them new birth. Born again. Christian is not just somebody who believes in Christian principles and adheres to Christian rules and tries to be like Jesus and wears the bracelet. No, it's, it and has a bumper sticker, of course. No, it's someone who got the different kind of life inside. Different kind of life. The same life that Jesus had enters into your spirit. And this life, let me tell you once again, complete. You are complete in Him. You have every single thing that you need for life and godliness. Amen. You have a hard time believing that. And some of you are like, you're like, isn't that nice? No. If you would begin to believe it, actually, oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I don't want to go ahead of myself. And I actually ran through most of my notes without even looking at my notes. I'm good today. Ooh. <laughs> I need to encourage myself sometimes, yeah. <laughs> So, the new race has been birthed. It's unprecedented. And Jesus said, that's not just for unique, one, the only begotten Son of God. My Father wants to have many sons and daughters. My Father wants me to become firstborn Son of God. And this cross that we talked about a few weeks ago, this is the place where He became firstborn. So that you would enter into this reality. All right? As a new creation. As someone who is recreated. Born again. In. You used to be in Adam. Now you are in Christ Jesus. I know it sounds like theology. But it's life. It's not theology only. Today is a result of what Christ has accomplished through his death and resurrection. Every person born in Adam can be born of God in Christ. Everyone. And I hope all of you here have been born of God in Christ Jesus. And if you haven't, it's easy. All you do is just to receive Christ by faith. Jesus is Christ of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Yeah. Yes, you, you got you to gotta start believing that for real. Man. <laughs> we come back to this statement again. And in Him you have been made complete. It's crucial that we believe this reality. 
And I want to mention something that for centuries Christians believe that the best is yet to come when they die. It, it, it robs you of so much that Satan is actually happy when all the good things that you believe are going to be in heaven. No, it's for now. I want to say it again. You're complete in Him now. You have powers of the age to come operating in you now. You can release things now from these powers of the age to come. Okay, I'm, I'm going to find a spot where I need to pick up in my notes. So I'm not as good today. <laughs> so the biblical Christianity is a matter of whether you have this second birth in your life. And whether this new life has, begin, has been imparted into your spirit. Our biggest problem in our Christian walk and in our service to people around us is that we severely lack the revelation of what God has truly accomplished in Christ and who we are in Christ as a result of what He has done. We are the richest people that have no idea how rich we are and that's why we live a very poor lives, basically. All right. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to say a few practical words. I, I got the main point across about Adam and in Christ. And you know, you kind of, the, the thing about being in Adam, you don't even need, need to study that. You just, actually, you need to be careful not to let this Adamic thing go out of you. Like, it's ugly. So it's good when you have a good family that restrains you and gives you rules and helps you to grow and have principles, right? I don't know what's funny about that, but it's funny for you. <laughs> So, but, 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 uh, but being in, in Christ, it's actually something that you need to take an effort to learn about, discover it in the Bible, and transform your mind to believe it, to begin to believe it, to, to, to conform your thinking in line with what God says about you. That's very important. So, like we belong to a camp of Christianity that believes that supernatural things are still happening and we expect them to take place through us, right? Can I hear an amen to that? So we believe in prophetic ministry. We believe that God can speak actually to give the word to specific people for specific things. But let me tell you something. I've seen so many weird expressions of uh, prophetic movement in today's Christianity that all they try to do, they try to imitate Old Testament prophets, which is so wrong. The true New Testament spirit of prophecy is actually reaching out for this new birth reality, for this new person in Christ, for this new creation and pull it out, out of whatever person looks like. He, he may, somebody may come to the church like smelling bad, looking bad, with a big hangover. It's a miracle that they even showed up in the church. So natural man sees Adam. Oh, his man is like totally Adam. No, you got... Um, I want to get off the stage. I want to always get in, you know, in, in the midst of you guys. So, but, but the, the, the New Testament prophetic ministry is actually dismisses it all and sees the true picture of who he is in Christ and begins to call it forth by his words. Amen. And over and over, I've heard the stories. I've seen it happening when this, like, 
what are you talking about? You miss it so big. This guy has no interest in God and Bible. And you're like prophesying that he's going to be preaching in stadiums. And I've seen these guys transform and then become a preachers and become like crazy things happen. You know why? Because you don't operate in line with this Adamic line, with this old Adam thing. You speak from the reality of the new creation. All right? That was not even in my knows and the same thing I want to tell about revival you know a lot of people believe in the revival but sometimes the revival concept is like okay God is almost sovereignly does something he just sends his spirit to a specific area and stirs things up and dormant Christians wake up and people who don't believe in Christ they begin to believe and things begin to happen and then it subsides and goes away and then they pray for the next 20 years for something like that to happen again somewhere I used to believe that and it's to an extent that kind of happens but when I studied the New Testament when I studied the New Testament when I see what Paul did he never prayed like that you will never find prayers like that he always prayed for every Christian for the eyes of the heart to be enlightened so that they would actually see what has happened in Christ to them that's our biggest need that we need to pray more than anything else that you pray about you and I need to pray for God to open our hearts to eyes of our hearts so that we would actually have revelation of who we are in Christ and what Christ has accomplished Paul prayed over and over for these things to happen he said that is going to establish you in the love of God that is going to put you firmly in the midst of the ocean of God's grace out of which you're going to be ministering to people that will make you unshakable and that's what we need and about himself he prayed please pray for me so that the doors will open to go for me to go to this place and that place and, de and declare the word of the gospel so what happens in when you receive the revelation of Christ who Christ is who people in Christ can be you become the revival you don't when I shared this with Wes he said there are some people who like have this concept they always like become uh, storm chasers they hear oh there's a revival in Tennessee let's go to Tennessee and there's like oh there is a special portal there is a special portal the heaven is open in this place in like New Hampshire let's go to New Hampshire to pray on this mountain you know that's a bull crap you are the portal you are the portal the problem is it's closed because your eyes is closed your eyes are open the Spirit of God begins to operate through you and touch people everywhere around you you're just sealed portal you need to unseal it uncork all right I'm hard with you I told you so devil loves when you embrace this weird theologies. All right, all right, I'm finishing. So here's a very practical step that I want you to remember. When I was reading that book that we use as a basis for this series, the guy said, how do we do that? You need to understand that you're complete in him. What does it mean? It means that you are not in business of producing anything. You're in business of receiving everything. It's, it's, it's crucial. I am the vine you're the branches abide in me and you would what produce for you will bear fruit 
Your business is just to stay connected. You're not like, ah, is there a fruit there? Wes, check my fruit. No, not yet? All right. Oh, guess that doesn't work this way. You receive. Believe is to receive. You receive the riches of the glory. Oh, you're so full of glory. You have no clue. And you begin to receive the glory of God manifested through Christ Jesus. That's His goodness. I remember, uh, it, it's, you can call it mystical experience. We all need mystical experiences, you know. Don't be afraid of this word. But some people, you know, I, I share this uh, example. It's like we're beloved children of God and we're playing by itself without little whatever, like uh, building blocks or whatever. And God, as a loving daddy, comes by and sometimes he goes, oh, you, come here. I love you. And you go, ah, ah, I had an encounter with the Lord. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. I'm going to write a book about it. Maybe it will sell well. Oh, maybe I can teach you like five steps how to get this encounter. Ah, ah, ah. And then 20 years later, you still remember this weird encounter. That was just your dad passing by and kissing you. You know that your dad just wants to fellowship with you every single day. It can become your lifestyle. Do you know Jesus lived from encounter to encounter and was miserable in between? No. He said, I live by my Father and you're going to live by me. Live. Live means today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe a little problem on Friday, but no. Yeah, Friday. It's a lifestyle. Being connected to the source of life of a different sort that you learn to let flow through you. <laughs> this is good. I, I agree with you, Derek. This is good. <laughs> so we need a major repentance, people. I told you, I'm not going to be a good cop to you, like Neil said. No. No. Repentance does not mean like being remorseful and regretful. No, it means to change your mind. To start changing your mind. And how do you start changing your mind? How do you begin to experience this reality? Dennis, he would say, it sounds so good, but I like so little experience of that. Maybe almost none. You begin with receiving it by faith. You need to take time to discover those biblical facts. Not just any biblical facts. Some people read the Bible a lot in their life and they're miserable. And they're bitter. And they, they, you don't want to be around them. And they read Bible a lot. Just reading the Bible won't help you. You need to actually time, take time to grab your Bible and find those facts that God revealed about you in Christ. In Christ is the key word. Christ is the cornerstone. Everything is built from Him. You don't try to fit Christ into your theology. You build your theology out of Christ. So whatever is related to you in Christ, you find it and you begin to meditate upon it. That's a word that is almost lost from today's people. Especially with the like overload of information and all the swiping and the social media. You don't have a second to even think about anything you see. Because you're swiping to the next thing. You need, to, you need to take the Word of God and to start meditating. Start internalizing it. Start thinking about it deliberately. Start agreeing with this. You know, there's a phrase that is used as a criticism. They say, oh, intellectual assent, right? Like agreeing with something intellectually is not enough. You need to heartfelt faith. Listen to me. You will never have a heartfelt faith if you don't start with intellectual assent. 
Does it make sense? So you need to have a point in life when you actually take time to read something, discover something, think about it and agree with this and start kind of, you know, meditating on that, digesting it so that it will become part of your internal being. That's very important. So you can actually start right now. So the strongest force, the most powerful force in this world is the force of life. Life can overcome everything and anything. It's very hard to kill life if you know what I'm talking about. But the mystery of life is that it always comes, listen to that carefully, life, including life divine that we talked about, life in Christ, although it's complete, it comes in the form of a seed. It never comes as a full developed thing. You and I received a lot of seeds from God and we can continue to receive the seeds. That's His Word. Right before I did this message, I, I wondered and I decided to, to find out what is the oldest seed that was discovered in this earth and would still be powerful enough to, to, to germinate, to produce life. Recently, they found one in Israel, actually near Masada. Derek and I, we were in Israel together. We actually were at that place. They found these dates seeds. Dates here, yeah, you know those sweet things that give you diarrhea? No. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. <laughs> so they're good. Uh, dates. So they found those seeds, 2,000 years old seeds. They put them in the ground and they sprang. Can you believe that? That's amazing. That's crazy and mind-blowing. But listen to that. What does it tell us? It has a good news and a bad news for you and me. The good news is that if natural life is so powerful, let me tell you, the life of God contained in those seeds of the Word of God is indestructible. So it's always there. Nobody can kill it. But the bad thing is that it can stay dormant for years in your life. It'll be just there. It'll be no fruit. There'll be no growth. There'll be no life manifesting you would look just like anybody who is born in Adam you're like huh he's like Adam although you have like bunch of seeds of God inside of you so it's your responsibility actually responsibility to take time to take these seeds and put them in the soil of your heart by meditating upon those by thinking agreeing deliberately applying it to yourself just thinking about it just just intentionally meditating on the Word of God. For example, I don't believe any of you can stay depressed if you truly, truly begin to believe that God forgave your sins. Because David said, blessed is a man whom the Lord doesn't count his sins against. And that's you. And blessed means bliss. You know, makarios, that's the Greek word. I'm not going to go there. Well, again, I've said enough. I give you enough thing. But here's the thing. Neil and I, we can be very helpful to point you to those seeds. But again, I'll tell you, none of these messages are going to help you if you actually don't do your part, which is, I told you, take these seeds and plant them in the soil of your heart and see them grow. Okay, I'm finished here, but... I had an additional word from the Lord that I believe God gave me. As I was preparing for the sermon, I think the Lord told me, 
there are some people here who really resonate when they hear the messages about being intimate with the Lord, but you, you almost never experience that or very few times in your life you experience this closeness, this intimacy with the Lord. I want you to do a few things, these people. God is going to activate it in you and you're going to begin to experience this intimate presence of the Lord in your personal conversation. Remember Potty when he came, Potty Putman, who spoke about the two, two modes of our interaction with God, God the Father and God our Daddy, Abba. So the birth from God instantly gives you access to this Abba, Daddy, Dad, Papa God experience. So some of you have never addressed God as Papa or Daddy or Dad in your life. You're always doing, you always were practicing what you learned, like our Heavenly Father, very formal way, which is good. But I want you to go home today or whenever and start. It will feel awkward, but please start. Find this fact, Abba Fathers, that's the, that's the beginning of a Christian walk. That's your inheritance in Christ. And start addressing God as Papa God or Daddy, Dad, Daddy. I, I, I was raised by a single mom and one time, God, <clears throat> one time I was praying and God gave me this vision. I never experienced the good role modeling uh, side of my father. I never met my father, so I don't know what it means to have a father. But God gave me this vision. I was sitting on the lap of this man with a big beard. And I was looking through the world through his beard like a canopy. So nobody could see me, but I could see everyone. That's the picture he gave me kind of to restore this. So did, uh, did it make sense, my postscriptum to the message? So those of you who really want and long for more intimacy with the Lord, but not, don't have much experience, I believe God is going to activate it in you. And you can actually, by faith, do some practical steps. And I specifically felt like, I, don't take it wrong, we're going to have a ministry team here. But I felt like people who really want it, they, they want to come to uh, Shane and Hannah to be prayed for. These guys are young. You would say, they don't have much life experience. But I believe they carry this intimacy thing. So they're going to pray for you and they're going to impart in you what they have in their life, all right? So I don't care how old you are, come and get it, all right? Okay, I, I said all that I wanted to say. Thank you very much, guys. Please take it to heart. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.